Hello and welcome to the FIC podcast where you'll hear teaching and resources for church leaders to help independent churches work together to reach Britain for Christ. What does God's word say to us as we contemplate this past year and all that has happened? During a women's worker online meetup, Rachel Sloan, FIC's women's ministry coordinator, encouraged with the words of Psalm 105. This psalm is a good place to come and when we grasp the context of the psalm, we see why we too can heed the call of the psalmist to give praise to the Lord. Well, I don't know about you, but this past year has been in many ways a year like no other. It certainly has been one that we will not forget in a hurry. Whether we like it or not, we have become the generation that will be asked what living during coronavirus was like. And for some of you, this pandemic has actually brought much loss and disruption to your lives. You might have lost a loved one, or maybe you've watched someone that you hold dear lose a loved one. Or it might have been that actually your church context has just been really difficult. There's been disagreements about the right response to COVID restrictions. People have been less engaged in church ministries and you've seen others just drift away from church. And as you've seen this, you've been wondering, well, why has God allowed all this to happen? There's been times when you've maybe even questioned what he's doing and where he's working. Well, for others of you, you've just plodded along this past year in your ministry. It's not been a terrible year, but if you're honest, you're tired. And you just have an overwhelming longing for life to be back to normal. Because it seems like life and ministry and church work has just been a little bit on hold. Normal service is yet to resume. We're in a bit of a time of waiting and enduring and everything just feels a little bit flat. Well, what does God's word say to us as we contemplate this past year and all that has happened? When we're in this time of waiting and wondering what God has been doing, how should we react? Well, Psalm 105 is a good place for us to turn to. And as we grasp the context of this psalm, we'll see why we too can heed the call of the psalmist. While the first 16 verses of this psalm have been borrowed and repurposed from 1 Chronicles 16, this psalm wasn't written at the high point of Israel's history. It wasn't written at a time when all was well in the land and the people could clearly see God's blessing. No, as we're in the fourth book of the Psalter, it's more likely written during the period of the exile. The people were away from the land, they'd lost everything. Instead of seeing God working and his blessings, this was a time of waiting. A time when the people were asking and wondering what God was doing. And what does the psalmist tell the people to do in this time of waiting? Well, let me read again the, the opening three verses. Give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him, sing praise to him, tell of his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name, let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. It's pretty hard to avoid here, isn't it? In this time of waiting, the psalmist tells them that they should praise God. And I wonder, did you notice how many commands the psalmist gives to those listening to praise? Let me count them for you. He says, give praise, proclaim his name, make known, sing, sing praise, tell, glory in his name and rejoice. There are eight different commands to praise here. This is an extravagant call to praise. 
The psalmist is pretty emphatic in his desire for the Israelites listening to praise God. This isn't something that he'd like them to do if they really felt like it, you know, it might be nice. No, he couldn't be clearer. They are to give praise to God. And these are all encompassing commands to praise. The people are to sing the Lord's praise. The people are to bring praise to God directly. The people are to speak the Lord's praises. They are to praise God to anyone who would listen. They are to praise God among the nations. There is no corner of the world and no moment of life when they are not to praise God. This is a heartfelt, bold and outspoken celebration. And I wonder, how do you feel as you hear that? I don't know about you, but praising God during this past year has been hard. I found preparing this talk profoundly challenging because praise has not been my natural heart inclination. So how can we praise God right now? How can we praise God and give thanks to him, whatever our circumstances, even if we're not sure what he's doing and can't see where he's working? You see, the people that the psalmist was writing to and encouraging to sing, they had no immediate reason to praise God, but the psalmist calls them to praise God regardless. So how can they praise God? Well, in verses four to eight, the psalmist says the key to praise is remembrance. Memory is what will enable the Israelites to praise in their circumstances. Look again at verses four and five. It says, look to the Lord and his strength, seek his face always, remember the wonders he has done, his miracles and the judgments he had pronounced. The psalmist calls the Israelites to remember the wonders God has done. Those listening are to look to the Lord and seek his face. The key to praise is to turn to God and then remember. Remember all that, that he has done. And the psalmist goes on to be even more specific about what it is that they are to remember. This is how the psalm begins and ends. In verses 8 and 42, he tells them that they are to remember the Lord remembers. They are to remember that the Lord remembers his covenant and remembers his holy promises. Well, what does it mean that the Lord remembers? It's not like that God had forgotten all that he said he would do. It's not like his promises had slipped his mind and then suddenly he remembered. It's not like those moments where we walk into a room, forget why we're there, only for it to come back to us when we are back in the room where we started. No, instead, remembering for God is much more to do with action. God recalls his promises and acts in order to fulfill them. Therefore, if we remember, the Lord remembers, the psalmist says we will have all the reasons in the world to praise and be filled with joy. Remembrance unlocks praise. And what were the Israelites to specifically remember the Lord remembering? What wonders, miracles and judgments are they to look back on? Well, the rest of the psalm is focused on three key events in the history of the Israelite, which illustrate how the Lord remembers. And as we work through the psalm, notice how God is the subject over virtually every verb. 
he allowed, he called, he sent, he made, he spoke, he struck down. I could go on. The psalmist wants his listeners to clearly see God's actions throughout. They are not merely to remember the events, but instead to remember how God acted in and through those events. So let's look at each one in turn. Firstly, they are to remember the Lord remembered in the day of the patriarchs. The psalmist lists the patriarchs in verses 9 and 10 and says, look, remember how God made his covenant with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Remember how in the lives of each of these men, God affirmed his promises. He made the covenant with Abraham. He swore an oath to Isaac. He confirmed it through a decree to Jacob. And how do we know he remembered these promises? Well, look again at verses 12 to 15. When this small family group was wandering through the nations, God protected them. He wouldn't allow those bigger and more powerful than them to destroy them. Remember Abraham's encounters with Pharaoh and Abimelech. Despite Abraham's questionable actions regarding Sarah, neither of them came to harm. God protected them. And we see similar protection in the life of Isaac and Jacob. Despite their failures, God protected them. He never gave up on his promises to them. When it seemed impossible, Abraham had a family. When things were fragile, their family multiplied. Despite how precarious life looked for the patriarchs, God would prevail. He remembered his promises and acted to bring them into a reality. The psalmist wants his listeners to see that although they might not have lived in the time of the patriarchs, they can be confident that God will continue to act in line with his promises. In exile, they too were few in number, were wandering between the nations and needed protection from the kings. Therefore, the psalmist wants them to see that if God remembered then, he will remember now. If God protected then, he will protect now. What God did then is what he can do now. This is a reason to praise him. And then secondly, they are to remember the Lord remembered in the days of Joseph. The psalmist continues in his history lesson of the Lord remembering and turns to the life of Joseph. And if you notice, it's actually a surprising place for the psalmist to start. He says, remember he called down famine. God brought this famine on the land. Why would we want to remember that? Well, the psalmist is pointing to the fact that even in hard times and suffering, God is acting to fulfill his promise. He uses both good times and bad to bring about his covenant plans. This was a time of testing for Joseph. For Joseph, his long years of waiting in prison must have felt like he'd been forgotten and abandoned. But even there, God remembered and acted. His commitment to his promises resulted in Joseph being released by the king and made ruler over his household. Provision for the Egyptians and God's people during the time of famine came through Joseph. God set him free and prospered him. The psalmist wants them to see that if God remembered then, he will remember now. If God restored their fortunes then, he, will, he can restore their fortunes now. This is a reason to praise him. 
And finally, they're to remember the Lord remembered in the day of Exodus. After the prosperity of Joseph, the psalmist moves to the low point of the people's slavery in Egypt. It seemed like God might have forgotten his promises. The people were numerous, yes, but they were not in the land God had promised and they were not free to live as his people. But even here, the Lord remembered. And it is, in, and it is the plagues the psalmist brings out as proof of God's remembering. These acts of judgment upon those who held God's people captive are signs of God's determination to rescue his people. Verses 28 to 36 make for sobering reading, but these were the signs that God was acting on behalf of his people. He heard their cries, he remembered his covenant and brought them out laden with gold and silver. And the psalmist follows their journey and shows that God's care didn't stop once they'd left Egypt. He didn't leave them after he'd freed them. Throughout their wanderings in the desert, God remembered and provided. He provided manna and quail for them so they would be fed. He ensured they had water when the desert was dry. He guided and protected them with the cloud and fire. Throughout all their time in the desert, he didn't forget his covenant with them. All his actions showed that he remembered. And finally, the, the psalmist reminds his listeners that God faithfully brought them into the promised land. This was the fulfillment of God's promise to Abraham. As the people depended on God's rescue and provision, he led them into the place promised to them. He brought out his people with rejoicing, his chosen ones with shouts of joy. He gave them the land of nations. And throughout the retelling of the Exodus, the psalmist wants them to see that if God remembered then, he will remember now. If God rescued, provided, and led them home then, he can rescue, provide, and lead them home now. This is a reason to praise him. So how can we praise God, whatever our circumstances? Well, we remember. We remember God remembers. If you remember he fulfills his promises in the past, we will always have reasons to praise now and in the future. And we who live this side of the cross have something even greater than the lives of the patriarchs, the days of Joseph and the Exodus to look back upon. We can look back upon the culmination of the promises that God made. We can remember that the Lord remembered in Jesus. This is what Paul reminds the Corinthian church about when he wrote in his second letter, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. When God promised Abraham that all nations would be blessed through his descendant, we see that fulfilled in his son Jesus. In Jesus, we see God actively stepping in to free his people from bondage to sin and providing a way for them to be brought home. In Jesus, we see God protecting his people and restoring their fortunes with the promise of the new creation. As we see the Lord remembers in Jesus, it will give us help. It will help us endure in the waiting and give us hope for the future. We have a God who has a track record of doing the impossible and keeping his promises when all hope seems lost. If we remember, 
God remembered in the past. If we remember, he will certainly remember forever. We will always have reason to praise. Even in this past year, whatever it has been like for you, whatever your ministry contexts have been like, we can give God praise because of his faithfulness to his promises. The Lord remembers. Can you see it and give thanks? You see, we need to be proactive in remembering and seeing that the Lord remembers. There is a constant danger that as God's people, we can forget his marvelous works. We are prone to drifting to forgetfulness and grumbling if we do not actively remember. And oh, how all too often this has been me over this past year. So how can we actively remember that God remembers? How can we keep before us all the wonders he has done so that we can give praise for his wonderful acts? One thing that I've started to do is just put um, particular verses on the side of the bookshelf that is here next to my desk. So every time I look up, I can remember God's faithfulness. I wonder what it is that you could do. Maybe there's a particular book of the Bible that you want to spend um, some time reading over the next couple of weeks. Maybe start reading a chapter of a Christian biography every day so you can see God's faithfulness in someone else's life. Or it could be you just want to make thankful notes as you look back over this past year and see actually there have been ways that you have seen God remember his promises. I'd encourage you when we come to our groups to see what other ideas that you can come up with to help us to actively remember. And as we finish, there's one more thing I want us to notice from this psalm. Because you see, giving praise is not just a feeling. It's not just something that we do silently. Instead, it's something that we do vocally. We praise God by telling others. Look again at what the psalmist says in verses one to four. He wants the Israelites to proclaim God's name, make known among the nations what he has done. They are to tell of his wonderful acts. They weren't to keep his praise in. And if we recall the original context of the first half of the psalm from 1 Chronicles 16, we see that this psalm was sung as King David brought the ark to Jerusalem. All the people, all the people remembered about God caused them to praise him actively and vocally. So how can we do this more? I've been profoundly challenged by, about my words as I reflected on this psalm. How much of my conversation this past 12 months has been about the frustrations of lockdown, grumbling about what the government is or isn't doing and how terrible the weather has been at times. Do I tend to talk more about the things that are hard than the blessings of God? Have I been thankful to God for the things that he has done, the ways that he has remembered his promises this past year? Or do I always analyze how things are not working out the way that I want? Now, of course, we don't want to hide our struggles or pretend everything is okay when it's not. That's not what this psalm is saying. The Bible encourages us to be honest when things are hard. But this psalm has challenged me to see how often I just focus on the things that are going wrong. 
And I am not thankful at all for the wonders God has done and is doing. There are always evidences of God's grace in my life. There is always evidences of God's grace in my church, in the lives of the women I'm ministering to, and in the ministries I'm involved in. This is still God's good world, despite its brokenness. And I think there's two reasons why we should be praising God vocally. Firstly, our praise of God is an encouragement to other Christians. I think there are times when we can underestimate the impact our words can have on others. This psalm reminds us that when we hear someone else praise God in word or song, it encourages us to praise too. We are reminded that God is indeed good and we start to see the ways that he's been working in our lives. So again, my question is, how can you do that? What are the ways that you can bring praise in your ev into your everyday conversation with other Christians? As we consider how we serve the women, the children, the young people in our churches, giving thanks to God is one way that we can encourage them. If you run a Bible study group, could you create a WhatsApp group for sharing thankfulness as you remember what God has done? And then secondly, our praise of God lets others know what God is like. How do we share this beyond our church family? Because this is what the listeners to the psalm were to do. Look again at verse one, it says, Give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he has done. They were to tell God's praises to the nations. Their praise of God is to demonstrate how good and faithful God is to the world around them, to people who don't yet know him. Giving thanks to God can be a form of evangelism. Telling others of God's faithfulness, how he protects us, saves us, and sets us free can be a form of evangelism. So how can you do that? What are the ways you can let others know what God is like? During these times of ongoing restrictions, we might need to think creatively about how we do this. For example, how can you use your social media to give thanks to God? And again, I'd encourage you to think of ways of how you could do this as we spend time discussing together. Psalm 105 shows us how we can praise God, even if it feels like or we're not sure what he's doing. It shows us that we don't need any obvious or immediate reason to praise God. We don't need those hashtag blessed moments to give praise. Whatever our coronavirus experience, there is much we can give praise for. As we recall, God remembers his promises. We will see the ways that he has remembered his people in the past is a picture of what he can and will do again. And when we remember that, we'll see we always have reason to praise him and keep trusting him. Give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he has done, sing to him, sing praise to him, tell of his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name, like the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and his strength, seek his face always, remember the wonders he has done. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you 
that the words of this psalm are true, that there are many wonders that you have done. And we thank you that you have indeed demonstrated that you remember your covenant, you remember your promises. And Lord, as we look back upon how you fulfilled those promises in the lives of the patriarchs, in the days of Joseph and during the Exodus, Lord, help us to praise you for your character, for your faithfulness. And above all, Lord, we give you thanks that we can see that the fulfillment of your promises is seen in Jesus, that in him, all that you have promised is yes. And Lord, we ask that you will help us to be able to look back and see the wonders you've done and be able to give thanks. And to know that even this past year, we can give you thanks for the wonders that you have done. And Lord, I pray and ask that you will help us in our groups just now to discuss, to reflect, and to be able to pray for one another. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the FIC podcast. For more resources for church leaders, subscribe to this podcast on your favourite podcast app and visit our website at fiec.org.uk.